You're listening to Effortless Parenting with Monica LaPerinassar, your ultimate lifeline to simplifying your parenting so that you can live effortless. Now, I know you're thinking it may not be possible, but I'm going to show you how in each and every episode because you will walk away with actionable implementation to really unlock that mystery behind making your everyday life as a parent feel lighter, more intuitive, and less all-consuming. So if you're ready to ditch that overwhelm, the guesswork, and the stress that comes with parenting the next generation, then you've come to the right place because this podcast is going to share everything that you need to know about how to live effortlessly as a parent right from the start. Hello, mamas. Welcome to episode 28 of the Effortless Parenting Podcast. As your host, Monica Loparanasar, I am always so sincerely delighted to have these conscious conversations with you every single week, mama. And today is no different. Um, Actually, this week's episode was inspired by my Instagram community. So if we aren't already connected, I highly encourage you and I to become uh, better acquainted with one another. So make sure that you are following me at Effortless Parenting Expert over on Instagram. It truly is my desire to connect with you more one-on-one using the platform. And more importantly, when we are connected to high vibe influences, I think it also just helps neurologically speaking to um, stay on track with our goals for Uh, self-improvement, personal development, um, more optimal parenting in this case. So I love connecting with you. So today's episode is actually inspired by um, someone in our Instagram community who really wanted to understand uh, this concept of, you know, the mixed messages that we unintentionally as parents give to our children, especially when it comes to siblings. So while this episode will not be specifically geared to siblings, I will be using some sibling uh, dynamics as a form of an example, but this absolutely applies to even if you just have one child, if you are expecting even more of a proactive approach to how you know, how to avoid this common, um, you know, pitfall, if you will. And again, it's, it's not something that we as parents intend on giving mixed messages to our children, but in essence, um, it often happens with us not even being aware of it, if I'm being 100% honest. So this episode is going to kind of, um, walk you through some of the mechanics as it relates to, you know, the source of our beliefs, our mental chatter, um, also our relationship with commitment and whether or not we have, um, you know, we are in integrity with the commitments uh, that we say that we're going to do or with our intentions, right? And so a lot of what we cover in this podcast as you If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I highly encourage you to go back to episode one as each episode builds. If you are a a listener, then you already know that the center of attention as it relates to this podcast is really about you, mama. This is my 
you know, kind of love letter to each and every one of you mamas, especially my new mamas, um, those that are expecting. So again, another way that we can um, really lift up the motherhood community is by sharing powerful resources. So it would be um, such an honor for you to share this podcast with someone that you know that is a new mom that is expecting, especially during a pandemic. I think that now more than ever, um, there's a huge evolution in the parenting space and what family looks like, what the dynamics look like, and having as much um, support as possible during these special times, I think is such a gift. So I genuinely appreciate when you do share the podcast or tag me in your social feeds. Um, It really lights me up. So thank you for that. Now, um, as I was saying, this podcast is really centered around you because how we do one thing, right? We as individuals, how we do one thing in our life is how we do everything. And I say this a lot because honestly, it's one of these mantras that I constantly remind myself, especially during times where I am saying one thing, but doing another. And that happens so much in our parenting, right? I mean, how often do you catch yourself saying, stop yelling (laughs) from across the room? And in fact, it's, I laugh about it now because how many times do we say things and we're doing exactly what we're saying not to do? Right. And so when I find myself at these moments where I'm saying all of these things about being more patient, about being more positive, you know, all of the um, well intended advice and words that we say to our children. But then when we take a mirror to our own actions and behaviors, that is where a nice helping of humble pie is delivered. Right. Because I know for me, that is a part of parenting. Quite honestly, the transparency, the automatic feedback that you get um, is such a great accountability tool to seeing if you are in fact doing as you say (laughs) that you want them to do, right? If you are actually walking your talk and one simple reminder, so that's like, I guess, key takeaway number one is already, we're only five minutes in, is to write down or have it written somewhere or just repeat this sentence of how I do one thing is how I do everything. So do I get easily frustrated? Do I lose my temper right away? Uh, Where else in your life do you lose your temper? And more importantly, start to ask even better questions of like, well, why do why am I annoyed or why did I lose my temper and start to reverse engineer what led to that uh, reaction? Oftentimes it comes back to how we manage ourselves, right? So I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but that is a beautiful just illustration of how we do one thing in our life and how it really does impact all different aspects of our life, right? So how we do one thing is how we do everything. And so how this is tied to today's episode on, you know, sending mixed messages to our children, I'm going to actually start off with the story of a kind of the inspirational story. So, um, you know, I actually posted in my stories on Instagram about this mega realization I had with my oldest son, who is almost eight. And 
he was having a, you know, situation at his school and it dawned on me, um, just given the nature of his reaction to what was going on with a particular friend, um, in his school, um, was he was pretty nonchalant about the fact that his friend, his really good friend, um, had slapped him in the face and caused his nose to bleed. Now, obviously, you know, there's a lot to unpack there, but when you, when I, I confronted my child and I said, Hey, I heard this happened to you. And he was kind of very nonchalant about it. I was like, huh? I got really curious to understand why he was so nonchalant, why he thought it was no big deal. And in further investigation, right? Because as parents, the best thing that we can do is not necessarily make statements or speak to our children, but rather asking questions that is going to help their critical thinking that's going to help, you know, kind of activate those skills for themselves on how to ask better questions or ask themselves the questions, right? So I ask, you know, why, you know, why did he do that? Or how do you feel about that? And he's like, oh, it's no big deal. I mean, he's hit me before and he hits other children at school. And so I'm thinking, wow, this is not okay. Like he thinks that A, this person who he claims is like his best friend, you know, basically disrespected him, but he didn't see it as disrespect. He just thought like, this is just what he did. This is what he does. And so I said to him, well, um, well, if he's your friend, why is he hitting you? I go, what, how do you define the word friend? You call him your friend. What does it mean to be a friend? And this is where, you know, like as parents, we have to be patient and kind of allow your child to have that moment of reflection and pause. And it took him a minute, like actually a few minutes to really realize that he didn't actually knew, know the word, what word, you know, what friendship meant truly, right? I mean, he hears this word often and, you know, in books and things like that, right, that he understands what friends are, but to actually define what a friend is was a new concept for him, right? It was something that as a parent, I took that as feedback, like, huh, okay, how, where else in my life am I assuming that my child knows the definitions of things or understands, you know, boundaries and, and whatnot. And so these are opportunities, uh, mama, again, not to go down the self-judgment or shame or resentment or guilt or something f- or feel as though, you know, a certain outcome is your fault, but rather it's information, it's feedback to saying like, huh, okay, this is great. I'm glad this opportunity happened because it allows us to further the conversation, right? And so back to story time here. So he didn't know the definition of a friend. And so I then asked him, you know, the particular school that he goes to, it's a little bit more um, alternative um, style to traditional school. So the headline is that um, the students are not considered students, they're considered heroes, and they kind of follow this whole concept of a hero's journey. The long story short is that they have something called hero traits. And so um, because this is terminology that I know his school uses, I leveraged that opportunity for him to make the connection points. And so when he couldn't define what a friend was, I then go, I dug a little bit further and I said, well, define what are some hero traits that a friend would have? Right. And so they talk, we talked about honesty, being truthful, being respectful, not using, not causing physical or emotional harm. And again, these are all terminology that I know that his school uses. So I leveraged the opportunity for him to neurologically make that connection. And I could see the light bulb moments happening when he started to describe 
the traits of a friend, right? And in this situation, then we come back to the question at hand, which was, you know, his friend hit him. So does that mean he's really being a friend? And if so, what do we do in these situations? And we talked about boundaries and and self-respect. And again, all of these things are opportunities as parents to further give our children the tools, the resources to verbalize and to process situations that happen, right? And so why, how this actually ties into mixed messages is because as the parent, I thought, hmm, it's interesting, you know, my child was okay with being so tolerant and not actually fighting back in this situation. And so I thought, hmm, where else in his life has he learned this behavior, right? And okay, arguably, maybe if he's hit, if this particular friend has, you know, hit other children and the other kids did nothing about it or didn't say anything, then there's some confusion there. But this is where my my brain did not stop there because I was like, no, there has to be something else because this is the number one principle about parenting. And, and quite honestly, the secret to effortless parenting, it's I've said this many, many times in different ways, but I always like to repeat myself because our brains need that repetition for it to actually stick into our minds. But, you know, effortless parenting comes from, you know, the inside out, meaning it all starts with us at the parent right? And so I know that my kid, our children, your children (laughs) are your mirrors, right? They are little replicas of who we are on the inside, right? And And it's really daunting in parenthood because sometimes we see things that we're not really fans of, triggering behaviors or just, you know, less than ideal reactions to situations. And we're like, wow, that looks familiar. And, you know, it causes lots of moments of transparency and honesty, right? And self-awareness. But anyway, the end of the day, our children really do reflect what we project. And so then I thought, okay, where am I somehow inadvertently? Of course, all of this is inadvertent. It's unintentional. It's subconscious. But, you know, Mateo, my oldest, has a younger sibling, Pablo. Now their age difference is roughly less than three years, like two and a half years. And I remember many, many times, and that's where I started to think about, oh, well, it's interesting because with Pablo, he's very different, right? So (laughs) I think I'm probably going to dedicate the next episode to like just navigating the differences between siblings because as parents, that's another area of, of, you know, contention is like, why didn't my strategies work or my style work with one child and the other child is like a total opposite, right? I mean, that just happens. And, you know, no matter, um, you know, the environments that we create, how consistent they are, um, our child is our child. They're uniquely their own people, right? And so Pablo is that uh, in our family. He is our humbling agent. He is our greatest teacher. And I, as a parent, while I meant you know, I had good intentions in telling my son, be more patient with Pablo, with his little brother. If his little brother hits him or if his little brother takes a toy away or is really annoying or <laughs> or is doing any other common little brother things, um, I, I coached my oldest to be okay with it, to be more tolerant, to have compassion for his um, brother, that he's not neurologically there yet, that he doesn't actually know that he's doing anything wrong, that he's not intentionally lying, that he just, you know, anyway, all of these little things that we as the parent try to overcompensate perhaps 
I know for me, that was the case. And so inadvertently, I was teaching my oldest to allow people to violate your boundaries of respect of physical space, right? And, you know, it made me further reflect on the times where I justified or substantiated an action on the little brother's part when the older brother felt very, um, I don't want to say violated, that sounds like a harsh word, but, you know, is justified in feeling triggered or annoyed or feeling like there's injustice that's happening because the little one seems to quote unquote get away with things. Um, and so again, this is where the mixed messages is a really important kind of, um, reflection point for us parents to, to really see where we can avoid sending mixed messages to our child. Because in this instance, right, I was saying it's okay for someone that loves you like a family member to maybe hit you or to take things away or to be unjust or to violate a boundary, right? And I was inadvertently perhaps sending a mixed message that it's okay for that to happen, right? Even if this is someone that loves you in your family, it's okay that that person is doing those things to you. Um, and in this was translating into his friendships, right? So my oldest was thinking it was okay or didn't see anything wrong with a friend slapping them in the face. Like, you know, there's just so much there to unpack because the act in and of itself involves a lot of intention. But in his mind, he didn't process it as like a mistake. He was like, oh yeah, that's no big deal. And so this is where, you know, it's such an important opportunity for us mamas to really start to see where in our parenting, where in our ways of being, right, and how we are showing up, where are we being inconsistent? Where are we saying one thing, doing one thing, but then really wanting them to do the opposite, right? And sending these mixed signals to our child and leaving them in essence confused or in my, in my son's case, confused about what it actually means to be a friend. And so again, going back to, you know, just finalizing that story is that it was such a beautiful blessing that that situation happened because it allowed our family to really discuss what it means to be a friend, how important it is for us to love ourselves first. And in order to love ourselves, we have to, you know, honor our bodies and protect our physical space. And if someone is not respecting it, if someone's being, you know, um, not truthful or is doing things to other people, this is another example where, you know, if other people are doing things that are not appropriate to someone else. Like how do we stand up for what's right and what's wrong, you know? And so again, all of these um, scenarios that, that come up in school age, right? Or even just dynamics. And if you're early in your parenting and play dates and things like that, it's just really recognizing, you know, where you could be more in alignment with the messages that you are um, giving to your child because that's so, is so important. And so, you know, looking at opportunities of if you find yourself repeating something over and over again to a child, instead of repeating the same thing, don't do this, or, you know, further investigate, huh, where, how come this particular thing keeps happening? Am I modeling inadvertently this behavior? right? Am I modeling short temperedness? Do I model uh, losing my cool when something doesn't go, go your way? Do I always focus on the negative? You know, that was like a huge one for me when I realized I, 
I didn't mean to say this, but I would say like, we're going to be late. We're going to be late. I don't, you know, and I was almost projecting this like, you know, thing of we're going to be late instead of saying like, you know, instead of actually speaking the words that I want to happen, I was speaking what I didn't want to happen. And that's a whole other episode too about being really careful with the words that we use because our words really do uh, create the reality, right? Our thoughts, our words, everything really does create how we experience the world around us. And so as you can start to see, you know, everything really starts and ends with us first, right, mamas? And so when you can fully calibrate yourself from the inside out, that is in essence where we start to really create less, um, like basically less of a division between who we are as a woman or as a person, individual, and then as a mama. Like they shouldn't be different. They should not feel like these different hats or roles that we play in our life, but rather they should feel one entity, one identity, one person. And I think that that often gets us mixed up in um, in the parenting spaces where we feel like we have to externally do these uh, items or best practices in our quote unquote parenting, but we don't apply the same strategies or principles in the way that we live our life. And so that's where it creates inconsistency. That's where it creates frustration because we are wanting all of these things, but we aren't actually implementing the lessons, the values, the beliefs that we want to impose into our children. And when we recognize that by simply modeling what we want our children to model back to us, that's it. That's all you have to do. There's no external uh, doing uh, needed when you can be really in integrity with who you want to be, how you want to role model, you know, a healthy uh human life, right, to your child, how you want to influence them and how to, you know, improve sort of like the legacy, the next generation, breaking those generational ties and starting new ones, right? Starting new cycles of of self-management, of self-love and compassion and trust. And these are principles that are really often a little bit too high level for a child to understand. But when you can embody them as a parent first, then you can, you know, kind of walk your talk. You can do one thing. (laughs) How you do one thing is how you do everything, right? To bring it back to the beginning of this episode. And so that is your, your takeaway today for this episode is really where can you start to create more alignment with how you show up in your parenting, more importantly, how you show up in your everyday life, because that in and of itself is the secret to um, creating that less, you know, less effort, right? Who doesn't want less effort in their everyday mama life? I know I do. And I think for me, the biggest realization I had was, wow, parenting, being a mom is my greatest asset to being a better human being, to, you know, um, pursuing all of the the goals I had for my personal fulfillment, for my passions, my happiness, my health. That was a huge one, right? And so um, if you start to recognize that it's all connected, that more importantly, that it all starts and begins with you, mama, then you can start to see how parenting actually really does help you um, stay accountable, stay honest and transparent, and then use the roadblocks that you're experiencing in your, in your parenting as feedback, 
as feedback for where you can look inward, how you can tweak and calibrate yourself from the inside so that on the outside, it reflects all of that, you know, intention that you have for yourself. Okay, mamas, that about covers it for this week's episode. As always, I encourage you to message me in real time over at Instagram. That's my favorite way to connect with you, to grow this community of thriving mamas, because that's really um, at the nucleus of why I do what I do in these conversations is to help evolve our conversations in our mama circles, right? To go beyond the traditional talk and to really ask those deeper questions of self-reflection, self-awareness, and intention. All right. Until next time, take care.